Hey, Tammy. Hello, Caitlin. How's it going? It is going. Girl, I have got a story for you. This is going to go into a two-parter because there's just way too much information for me to dump it all in one episode. But I've got a story about two brothers out of California. One is a hero and one is like the devil. <laughs> oh. Oh, dang. Yeah. I, polar opposites. Um, and it just, I mean, the amount of tragedy that hit this family in different ways was unbelievable. My husband actually had a connection to the story. Um, of the course first, he does. Yes, I know. <laughs> he seems to have a connection to too many of these. I'm starting to get a little suspicious of him. I know, right? We're going to do a podcast on him next. I know. Right? Um, so this first brother, his name is Steven, and um, he was abducted when he was age seven. Um, and it just, I mean, it's a twisty story, and then to see what their family goes through after all of it, it's just we got to get into it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. first brother I want to talk about. Um, He was the youngest son of five children. I don't think he was the youngest. I didn't get a younger sister, but um, there was only two boys, him and his brother Carrie. Angel and the devil. Mm -hmm. Their mother kind of like lacked affection, and I guess they kind of attributed it to the fact that she was um, emotionally and physically abused when when she went to this boarding school when she was younger. So she kind of like was not the most loving or affectionate mother. I mean, she loved them, but maybe wasn't like the the Yeah. Which I feel is generational. Yeah. Because my grandparents yeah. were not super affectionate people, but times were hard, people. Right. Like, that was, now we're all this kumbaya, but before. Oh, yeah. Well, they, there were actually, and I can't remember where I saw this, but back in their day, they were basically told, like, ignore the children. Don't love them. That spoils them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there was mm-hmm. a, there was a a big time doctor that you know became famous on his like parenting stuff mm-hmm. and that was his advice to people was to ignore the children don't give them the attention because they're just manipulative and so that's there's something that I mean I, I think that like we there's always that like that happy medium right because right. sometimes we can go either way but whenever people give me parenting advice and this <laughs> this is just because I, I do it too we all do it right mm-hmm. we're all moms we should, but here I'm gonna I'm gonna give you like inside Tammy's brain if you give me parenting advice um, I'm going to immediately think about your children. Because if your children are like flipping people off or serving time, I'm going to, I'm not going to take your advice. Yeah. I'm just saying. Because totally. I'm like, don't tell me. Yeah. Tell I love you. going on the mom groups and I ask questions and they're like, you need to blah, 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 blah. And you shouldn't do that. I'm like, okay. And skip you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know your kids. I know your kids. Yeah. Yeah. And not that my kids are perfect by oh, any same. stretch. Because, yeah, my youngest. God knew he had to come last. But um, I'm just saying, yeah, when people with adult kids, I'm like, let me see how they turned out. And then, yeah, and then I'll, I'll, think about I'll take your advice. Yeah. Um, then um, their father, his name was Delbert. Never heard that name before. Del. They went by Del. Um, so he, now this, my husband actually has a connection to this story. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But when I told him this part, he was surprised. He said he had never heard this. Um, but it was it was listed in the book. Um, Carrie Stainer, Carrie's the brother. They wrote a book about him called The Yosemite Killer. So you know where that's going. 
Um, but it said that his dad was forced into treatment after being accused of molesting one of the daughters. So I'm not sure how much of that is valid, um, but that's it is it's in the the book about Carrie Stainer. Um, so Stephen's the youngest son. He's about seven in 1972 when he's abducted by a convicted pedophile, Kenneth Parnell. Oh gosh! Just a few days before Christmas. Yeah. So Kills the guy him. that abducted him was all had already been oh, previously yeah. convicted for. Yes. Can I just more more sidebar comments from Tammy? I don't believe you can rehabilitate a pedophile. Yeah, that's my that's my opinion on it. I don't know. Everybody can have their own opinions. I I think that yes, you can rehabilitate for many things, it. but pedophilia is uh, yeah, you just don't want to chance it. That's yeah. disgusting. How are you going to test that theory? Uh, no thanks. Yeah. Not my kid. Yeah. No thank you. Um, I so I found out later. I kind of went down the rabbit hole about Kenneth Parnell um, for stuff that I hadn't seen covered yet. And yes, he actually was convicted um, in back, what year was it? In 1951, he was um, arrested for raping, he was 20, and he was arrested for raping a young boy and impersonating a police Stop officer. Stop it. He was sentenced to four years in prison. Um, he had lured the child through use of deputies, the deputy sheriff's badge that he bought at an Army-Navy surplus store. Um, he escaped from the state institution in Norwalk and was recaptured. And I'll I'll go down that rabbit hole of Kenneth Parnell and his history a little bit further down in the in the story, because yes, this is not his first time. Again, like why are we? You know what I mean. And four years for me, but you can serve twenty for fraud. Oh for yeah, embezzlement. Like Apparently come on, was, people. He was part of the three strikes rule. Ah, uh, uh-huh. yeah. I'll three strike something for sure. Oh, but Castration. Yeah. <clears throat> I, there are certain things that should not apply to that. Like certain felonies that there's a st- three strikes rule where you're eventually like sentenced to life in prison. But I'm sorry, at the expense of how many kids? No. Like, no, thank Mm-mm. you. Mm-mm. So I'll get I'll get into him in a little yeah. bit. But um, so back to Steven. He was lured into the vehicle while he was walking home. So Parnell had a partner. I can't remember the partner's name, but I think I mentioned it later in the story. Um, who approached Stephen and asked if his mom might be interested in donating to this, like, Christian charity. And Stephen, now you think about back in the 70s, right? Um, what were we taught? I mean, you know, you and I are a little bit younger than that, but even back in our young age, we were taught that grown-ups were the safe place. Grown-ups yeah. were yeah. the authority. You listen to grown-ups. You respect grown-ups, right? Mm-hmm. So this seven-year-old boy is walking home mm-hmm. alone by himself, which, by the way, his mom mentions in the documentary on Hulu, Captive Audience, A Real American Horror Story. She mentions that she normally would pick him up and she was running late that day, so he had to walk home. Um, his brother was typically would walk home with him, and I can't remember, maybe he had like a football or something after school, so he didn't walk home with him. So it's like perfect storm. Stephen's walking home alone. Parnell pulls up with his partner in crime. They lure him into the car and basically say, like, well, it's sleeting outside. You said you only live a couple blocks away. Why don't you get in the car? I'll drive you home, and then you can ask your mom for the donation. So he's like, um, okay, sure. So he gets She's going to say car. no, but. <laughs> she doesn't even get her chance because he keeps driving. <laughs> That'd be me. I'd be like, well, you can ask my mom, but. Yeah. She's going to say no. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. You can give me a ride home, but it's going to be. I think be about it out. when I was seven, I probably would have trusted somebody who, like, I think he, oh, yeah. he posed as a pastor. Yeah, I mean, and this is the 70s, so this is when, I mean, when the FBI had started to do the profiling, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? They were just now studying these 
these yeah. serial killers. Yeah. And we didn't have podcasts and we didn't have social media. So, you know what I mean? You yeah. didn't hear about all of the abductions and things like that. So, a lot of people had this false sense of security. Yeah. Lack of education. Absolutely. Yeah. So, nobody's fault. No, her. yeah. I mean, he's seven, and yeah. you just, yeah, he's trusting that this adult is who he says he is. Yeah. So he drives right past Stephen's street, and Stephen's like, that was my street. And he's like, oh, you know what? We'll just go back to my house, and we'll see if you can spend the night. Yeah. So he drives um, 80 miles where he's got a cabin in Yosemite. Where all This whole story revolves around Yosemite. Um about 80 miles away. So think about it. It's like another hour and a half. Yeah, who's saying it has at least an hour in the car. I can't even imagine what this kid was going through at that time. So that night, Stephen um, is told that Parnell says, well, I called your parents and they said it's okay if you sleep over. And he's like, um, I kind of just want to go home. Yeah. Um, and so and then again the next night, same thing. And by the third night, I think he was noticing that Stephen was getting antsy and wanting to go home. So he comes home and he said he was just returning from court. And that he was awarded possession of Stephen. Oh, Lord. That he said his parents didn't want him anymore and they were moving and so he was just going to keep him. And then he changed his name from Stephen to Dennis Gregory Parnell. And I can't remember. I think Gregory might have actually been his middle name, but I can't remember that. So in the 70s, I was not alive in the 70s. Forgive (laughs) me, everyone. You could just go take a kid down to the courthouse and be like, I'm changing his name. You know, no, need a birth certificate or something? I don't know that he ever did or if he just said, you know, oh, oh he just said, yeah, he was just like, here's because your name. Because they just like didn't require a lot of paperwork for eh, things anymore. Okay. They just trusted, you know, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, my yeah. guess. Plus, he probably had him in some remote areas in the story where he just changed his name. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, so about a week after the abduction, he started making Stephen call him dad. Um, for the, oh, for the sake yeah. of the story, I'm going to keep referring to him as Stephen, even though he was known to like... Yeah, his real name. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually, um, in the documentary, oh no, hold on, I already said that part. Oh, um, I guess Parnell was like really loose on the rules. He didn't like keep him held up. He didn't chain him up. He didn't put him in a room and like leave him there. He literally would like leave the house and go to work and come home and Stephen would still be there. And I mean, he's a scared seven-year-old boy. So, you know, a lot of people would ask, why didn't you leave? And um, I guess at one point he did try to um, try to leave and got to the end of the driveway and didn't know where to go, so he got scared and went back. Um, if I don't know if you can tell by the way I'm saying this, he was eventually brought home, so you you get to hear what happened in the story because he was eventually found. Um, so I mean, just this poor kid, you know, like was unsure what to do. Plus, he was being told that his family didn't want him anymore. So then what, like? Where do I go? I don't even trust adults anymore. This guy just picked me up and brought me 80 miles away from my home. It's not like I know my way to the police station. Like, what do I do? Right? Yeah. So they go about um, their lives, and um, I think he, he eventually buys a puppy, and they name it the puppy Queenie, so that's Steven's dog. Um, and, of course, not long after the abduction, um, Parnell starts to sexually abuse uh, Stephen. That was going to be my question. What is the purpose of yeah. him? So he's grooming him at this point. Kind of, yeah. Okay. And um, and I think, too, he was like, I, well, I want a boy to raise. I want a family. He's gross. Yeah. It's not a family dude. No. Uh-uh. Um, so I think, like, in his sick brain, because he doesn't actually hold him captive and the boy stays, he thinks, oh, well, he's my son now, you know, whatever. Um, but he's got this pedophilia so he starts sexually abusing him and brutally sodomizing him almost every single night 
this poor, poor kid. Um, back at home, his mom wouldn't leave the house unattended. She was just afraid, like, what if he came home and we weren't here? So, like, if people wanted her to go to even the grocery store, she'd make sure that someone was at the house yeah. always in case he came home. Um, his dad wrote, they said he rode around with a sawed-off shotgun and just, like, looking for, he believed that his son was killed. So he was constantly on the lookout for freshly dug graves. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, and that, I think that's the worst. Um, obviously, losing a child is, is, is yeah. There's nothing. It's uh, yeah, especially when you but don't know. <laughs> that is where yeah, yeah, where you have no closure and yeah. you don't know if this is happening to your child right. every single day. Like, like dad I might be better. Not. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I don't say that. You no, know, I'm just no. yeah, but I mean, absolutely. At least closure is there, and you know that they are um, not being tortured. Yeah. Every. Parents' worst nightmare. Gosh, what is what? Okay, so he's grooming yeah. this kid. So he's finally he's to the point where he's he's abusing him. Basically. Yeah, which Good didn't take long. long. And of course, you know he tried to swear him to secrecy, which right. Stephen did. He respected authority, and he didn't tell anybody about it. Um, over the years, like leads came in, and they would check him out, but nothing ever came of it. And one person even confessed to killing Stephen because he felt sorry for the family. I mean. Pe- We've talked about this, like, even with the Kaolana case, we talked about how screwed up people are trying to get involved in cases they have no business getting involved in and just sending people down wild goose chases that distract from the actual investigation. Um, Gross. But, you know, of course it was a hoax. So it wasn't a real lead, and they spent time on it, which really sucks. Um, So fast forward several years, Stephen's living with Parnell, um, who, as I mentioned, gave him lots of freedom Um, as a teenager, because he's, you know, let's say we're fast-forwarding. He's about 14 now. Um, he's enrolled in school. He is playing football on the football team. He's got friends. He hangs out with friends. He smokes. You know, um, he was, like, allowed to live a life. But then behind closed doors, nobody really knew what was going on. Right. Um, so at this point, he's being raised in Comche, California, which is about uh, it's a little over 200 miles away from Merced, which is, I didn't mention this, but that's where he was abducted from. All still in California. <clears throat> Um, he had friends and they just kind of like knew no one was allowed at the house, but, um, you know, like even when they would go pick him up, he'd have to meet them at the end of the, at the end of the road. Like nobody was ever coming to the house. And I think a lot of it was probably his shame and like he wouldn't want yeah. other people in a situation with what if Parnell decided to try to do stuff to them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they noted though that he didn't have many clothes like he had two or three different pairs of jeans and or pants and that was it so he was you know he was teased a little bit for it he had dirty fingernails and he had shoes with holes and no socks and dirty ankles because he probably just wasn't being taught proper hygiene yeah um but nobody knew what was going on with parnell and steven and he didn't tell so um i think at this point when he's in school and he's got friends that Parnell starts to get nervous and he realizes that there's a possibility he could be exposed because he doesn't know. Like, what if Steven does decide to tell somebody? Now he's getting older. He's getting Or someone aware. tells him this is not appropriate or right. in adulthood. is realizes he's gonna, it, yeah. He's going to eventually move out. And totally. He's an adult. So he does what he does best and he picks him up and he moves him to a place called Point Arena. Now back in Comchi, he had a house. He had a bedroom that was his own. Um, he had his own, his own privacy, he had friends, he had things to do. When they, he moved them to Point Arena, he went from living in a, in a bedroom, like having his own and having this house, to a one-bedroom or a one-room shack. Ooh. Yeah, it was um, it was a pretty worn down from the pictures I've seen. was like uh, like a, a mobile home, but it was really run down. So 
moving him to a more remote area where less people, less chance of exposure, all of that. What, I don't know if you know the answer to this, what did Parnell do for a living? Was he just, I mean, it sounds to me like he wasn't making a whole lot of money. I honestly don't remember. That might come up later. I know. I I, I vaguely remember this story. I think that it was on Hulu or Netflix or something like that. I vaguely remember. But yeah, I don't think they ever said, not that it matters. I'm just wondering, um... They may have. I just don't think I wrote how much connection they had to. You know what I mean? If Parnell had coworkers and what he did for them, but anyway, yeah. And I can't honestly. I I think they talked about it, but I can't remember what he did. So oh well. So um, as as Stephen's getting older, um, I think Parnell realizes he's getting too old for his taste. Yeah, wants to adopt another boy. Usually, what happens? Yeah, and now he's got confidence because he's done this so successfully for seven years (sighs) straight now. Yep. So he tries to rope Steven into it, and he's like, I am not doing that. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. And somehow he he was, he was, didn't, like, force him into it. So, I mean, that's the weird dynamic between this whole relationship. Um, I mean, at this point, Steven's like, doesn't know where his family is, if they're still looking for him, if they care about him because he thought they moved and didn't want him. So Parnell is then left. Since Steven won't do it, he's going to go find somebody else to do it. So on Valentine's Day... <clears throat> He can go find somebody else to do it. I'm over here nodding, and I'm like, wait, hold on, what? Yeah. He no. finds someone else to do it? Yeah. Yep. Did you say that the first, when he when he took Steven, he had a partner? Yeah. What, is he just pulling these people, like, day workers off the street? What is he doing? I can't remember what the, the other guy does eventually serve some time for Steven's. What in the hell? It's back in my notes somewhere, but so um, he just gets random people that I I'm assuming I don't know if he knows these people. Well, I'll cover it for sure, but okay. um, he abducts um this five year old Timmy White. Now this is where my husband's connection is to it. His mom, my mother in law, babysat Timmy after he oh was my returned. Gosh, yeah. So Stephen comes home one day and Parnell is like, "Hey, here's your new brother," and he's like, "What the?" Yeah, yeah. So, um, Stephen obviously, I mean, he didn't want Timmy to have to go through what he had been going through. So, he was finally motivated to leave um, in order to save this little boy. That's awesome. And this is where he just, he kind of just throws caution to the wind and he does his thing and, um, and he saves this little boy. So, he was already given so much freedom. So, Parnell, like, kind of gets up and does his thing and he goes to work and he leaves the two boys there. Um, and I guess he just didn't think Stephen was going to take off. So Stephen waits for him to go to work, and then um, he takes Timmy, and they hitchhike. I think it was, like, in the middle of the night. It was raining. Um, mm. Timmy was abducted from Ukiah, so they were about 39 miles away from there. And after about a mile, a man picked them up. Now, from Stephen's point of view, I don't know that I'd even be trusting somebody else to pick me up at this point. No, no. But thank God it was a good person, and I think they maybe recognized Timmy because there had been coverage, you know. Um, and so they drove him the remaining way to the police station, and when Timmy showed up, they immediately recognized him as this missing boy. Um, during the conversations that followed, Stephen explained that he too had been kidnapped when he was seven. He didn't remember his last name, and all he could say was, I know my first name is Steven, which they eventually took that line and made it into a movie. Yes. Um, in the 80s, they made that movie, uh, they made it into a movie in the 80s. So, mm-hmm. um, after they escaped, Steven's parents were woken up at 3 a.m. Once, you know, they're in the Ukiah police station. So they get a knock on their door at like 3 a.m. on March 1st in 1980. And um, at first, 
his brother Carrie was out with some friends and it was probably like spring break or something like that. So he was out on a camping trip with his friends. So his parents thought, oh God, what happened to Carrie? Yes, yes. But that's when they were told that it was Stephen. And now he's 14 years old and he's in the Ukiah police station almost four hours away. But they found him. And so the mom was like completely in shock um, because she immediately assumed it was bad news, you know. Um, and especially when they show up talking about Stephen, she figured they found his body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, imagine the wave of emotions. Like, you're getting woken up at 3 a.m., and then you find out, oh, well, my son was kidnapped, but now he's alive. Yeah. So, um, they weren't, because they were still, like, in the investigation stage, they needed to, like, talk to him and debrief and all of those things. So, they weren't able to see him right away. Um, but there was a news interview of Steven, and... I'm going to try to set the scene here, but there's, like, okay, so imagine, like, there's, like, the audience chairs, right, where all the press is, and then there's, like, kind of a panel, so there's, like, a few people sitting up in the front row, and that's kind of how it happened. They didn't, they didn't bring his parents in to see him until after this news interview was over. Get out! Hell fucking, oh, no. sorry, but I'm, no, I'm no. going to go see my kid. my kid. So, so I, I mean, I don't know at what point all those laws started, but you know that you can't minor, you know, you can't talk to a minor without... Oh, yeah, like, good so point. maybe all of this was... Everything, you know, all these laws, we make fun of some of the laws, but I always say somebody did something yeah. to make this go into effect. But yeah, yeah I would be livid. Mm-hmm. I'd have been like, no. That's yeah, just no. freaking kid. Yeah, but it kind of got weird because they had some coverage on the documentary on Hulu of his parents and I know that they went back later and said how much they regretted how it went down and that they didn't push to see him sooner and things like that so um a lot of time that parents don't even know what their rights are you know what I mean like it, it yeah. like well, well I, I, I'm assuming like this is how this is procedure or blah 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 blah, blah yeah and then they're in shock and yeah. well and I think there was there was like a level of excitement that their son was going to be coming home and yeah and a little bit of excitement that they were getting some attention from the media. Because oh. when you see it, they're like interviewing, oh, what do you think he's going to be like, blah, blah. I mean, oh. the, and the parents are like almost soaking up the media attention, mm. as it appears. You know, and mm. I, I try really hard not to judge because we never know how we're going to act in these kind of situations. Yeah. But to me, it was a little bit odd that like, I would have been like, get this stupid camera yeah, out of my yeah. face. I want Give to see me my kid. kid. Yeah. How is he? What is he? Been? Like, somebody give me something. Mm-hmm. You know, that this... It's been not. seven years at this point. You said he's fourteen seven now. Years, okay. Yeah. Um. So, as they as Stephen comes into the interview room where the press is and everything, he's got Timmy on his back. Um. I think they became pretty close after this. He kind of like saw him as his hero, which was I mean he was you know. So that was the first time his family was actually able to see him in this room, with mm. all the press. That was mm. it. They didn't get to see him or anything like that. But um, how awful! Yeah. It's not private not no it's like you're on display okay and this at this point steven had not been forthcoming about the the sexual mm-hmm. abuse oh, it's embarrassing it's embarrassing it's, you don't nobody want, especially for men stigma. but you just yeah you don't want to tell people that happened yeah, yeah totally but imagine imagine steven and the relief that he was feeling just knowing he would never have to be touched by parnell again and also like it must have been scary not to know like what were you coming home to you know, how much had changed since she got taken. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe it was just, yeah. I think about, like, what he must have been going through Gosh. at that time. <clears throat> Apologize to our, our listeners who have to hear my hoarse voice like this. <laughs> oh, allergies. Texas allergies. Yeah. So, 
he was actually asked during the interview, Stephen was asked not to talk about his own case because this was supposed to be about Timmy since Timmy was just found and he was like the news that, at that point. I'm eye-rolling um, over here. Yeah. But also, I think, too, like, in order to build a case against Parnell, they probably had to keep some of it uh, quiet. Yes. So maybe that was part of it. I don't know. Had they, uh, I'm sorry if I'm skipping. No, you're Did good. they already get Parnell's ass? You already in custody? Or no, um, um, it's, uh, okay, it's okay, coming okay. there. So they wanted to talk about Timmy and how they hitchhiked um, to safety the night before. Um, I mean, it was pretty big news that, that I mean, you can't even imagine. Um, so Stephen's parents were then interviewed. I think I told you about that, where mm-hmm. um, yeah. they said something about they were nervous and they were excited to see him because it would be like meeting him. Yeah. Which is yeah. true. It's like a totally Understandable. different person. And what has he been through? So then. Instead of, like, taking the parents to a private room to meet their son, they send their parent, his parents back home. What? They, you I know, can't. Wherever this was. I mean, it was a couple, four hours, I think they said. Lord four hours away, heaven. so they send him home. 5 a.m. the next day, they bring him home. There are people lining the streets. There's press. There's everything. This is how they meet their kid. Mm-mm. And I think he Mm-mm. might have had the dog at that point, because in the pictures, he's, like, holding a dog, and I'm assuming it's oh, his dog, Queenie. That's, that's what's up right there. Um, Take the dog. Yeah, I mean, somebody had to, right? So it's dog, yeah. Um, but it's like a super public reunion on camera. Mm. And reporters are just like on top of them. Yeah. They're on the front lawn. They're like trying to cut in and get the best picture. And Gosh. they were surrounded and there was no privacy. Um, and that's just something that makes me really uncomfortable every time I see it. Um, on the front page of one of the newspapers that published the story was this picture of Stephen and his parents reuniting and hugging. And his dad appears to be kissing his neck. Oh. It was weird. Which, again, I don't know if people lack of education, but, like, you don't know what your son has been through. Yeah. They, he hadn't admitted to being molested at this point, but you you don't know his level of affection. Yeah. And I get it, it's your kid, but it's, like, there's, like, kind of respect what he's just been through. I'm not sure that that's the most – plus, like, his neck. I don't know. It's weird. He's a 14-year-old boy. You're kissing his neck? I don't know. Maybe it was just they caught him weird, or maybe he moved when his dad tried to kiss him on the forehead. Yeah, like, who knows? True. But it was a weird, awkward picture to me. Well, the, clearly they were not affectionate people, so they were new to this. Yeah. Well, and that was the other thing, too, is, like, they said his mom wasn't affectionate in this book, but every time you see her, she's affectionate towards him. She's got her arm around him. Yeah. Like, and then maybe it's because of the loss, yeah. and maybe she wasn't that way with the rest of her kids, because, yeah. well, we'll see how Carrie Stainer turns out, but... Um, maybe he could have used a little bit of that affection. Right. I don't know. Um, as they go into the house, they turn to the press and said, um, you know, please let me be, let us be alone with yeah, him Yeah, right absolutely, now. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Fair. but there were no boundaries. People were literally up on their roof shooting pictures press, through the window. Like, hanging off the roof to try to get a picture from through the window. Where's that, uh, sawed-off shotgun? I know that I, I would just, I would just scare people with it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, Y'all gotta go. Get off my lawn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just enough to scare that's him. That's just not disgusting. Even yeah, yes. I mean, press sometimes, we just, well, we are not, not a part of the press. No, we're the good side. Yeah, we're the good side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are the press, sort of. Yeah. Are we press-ish? We're we pre- press-ish, we just, that's a new yeah. word. Yes, we are press, press precious, precious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting on your roof, people. That'll be on a t-shirt soon. We are yeah, press, we are press-ish. press-ish. <laughs> Say that five times. So... Um, yeah, so they're, there they are, like, hanging off the, the side of the, the house trying to get pictures, and it's like, how, hasn't this kid been violated no, enough? No like, shit. just freaking back Come the on. hell off. Um, and the days after that, he was always accompanied by a police officer doing interviews, which, thank God, they at least had that kind of sense. Um, 
But there were certain details that he just couldn't share about his experience or to compromise a case against Parnell. Um, they literally tried to interview him at school. The freaking police, or not the police, the press were were approaching him at school. I'm, I'm shaking my head, but I do believe this. It's like, awful. this does not surprise <clears throat> me. Because the pre- like, it's just disgusting what yeah. the press will do. Yeah. He was behind in school, but because of all the moving around. So, yeah. um, unfortunately, he had to catch up a little bit there. And his dad didn't like the idea of therapy, so he fought him getting any kind of therapy. Mm. Um, because it was it was really taboo back then, you know. Yeah. Only the crazies got therapy, yeah. you know. I mean, these days, thank God, they really let us focus on mental health. And yeah. They, they promote taking care of your mental health, right. you know, but not back then. So one thing that always frustrated Stephen when he got home was that his dad struggled to adjust to the fact that he had already grown up. And sometimes you see this in, like, adoption cases where kids out of foster care will go into when they are adopted into a new home they'll revert back to the age where they were taken out of their biological home Mm. and try to regain those years psychologically and it's almost like his dad did the same thing where he tried to go backwards and forgot that he's not seven anymore right which i'm sure was an adjustment because parnell gave him a lot a lot of freedom that he probably wasn't going to get at home with his parents because they're actual parents you know they care about his well-being yep um, so his brothers and sisters got annoyed though because he was there was constant media attention and that just pulled oh, yeah. attention away from them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be in this family during that time. But during um, yeah, during so I'm gonna bring up Carrie a little bit because we'll get into him on the next episode. But during an interview once, his brother basically downplayed Stephen's heroism by saying. Anyone with any moral fiber would have done the same thing. The media blew it out of proportion and the whole hero thing. Yeah. So Shut he up, was, Carrie. He was definitely feeling neglected and overshadowed, I guess. Yeah, point. go suck an egg. Nobody cares about you. But. Yeah. Well, you're going to feel That's that way awful. a whole lot more in the next episode. But Jeez. yeah, so you could start to see here how he was starting to get on the darker side. But um, in the documentary, the mom reflected on how she would have handled everything differently. Oh, hindsight 2020. Yeah. Wouldn't we all? That she probably would have told the media to F off. <laughs> no, yeah. She didn't no say that, joke. but that's basically the, the thing. So. Did, um, sorry, just I, I had a question I had. Did Steven, uh, basically, uh, take the kid, um, Timmy, right? Yeah, Timmy. Did he take him the night that he was brought home? Did he, did um, they escape the same night or pretty close to? I think That's so. That's one thing I didn't, I don't remember being answered. I think so. So he didn't have, uh, Parnell didn't have a lot of time. If you guys get where I'm going with this, he didn't oh, have yeah. a lot of time with him. I don't think God. he had a chance to do anything Thank to him. And okay. I think that that's why Stephen got him out when he did, so that he didn't it. have a chance to physically abuse him. Okay. Yeah, so he was able, and I don't know if it was that exact night because Stephen came home after mm. school or at night, and that's when he saw the, the little boy there. So I don't know if he had to wait till the next night, but he got him out as fast as he could that's, so that he couldn't awesome. have a chance to abuse him. So let's talk about Kenneth Parnell, our pedophile here. Um, so he was born in Amarillo. All roads lead to Texas. I know. At least in this podcast. Um, Damn you people. We're usually <laughs> mad at the people coming from California, but now you're now you're Texasing the California people. <laughs> I don't want to claim him at all, though. No, we don't claim we him. Don't claim no, guy. he sucks. Be editing May he rot in hell. Nothing. Hopefully he's dead. Yeah. I'm skipping ahead, but I would. that's just how I do. Okay. Um, so he was married three times, and he fathered two daughters, what which the? luckily he wasn't involved with because... But I, he wasn't into little girls, so I guess that wouldn't have been a big problem. Um, so he never saw his kids while he was – he had Stephen the entire time, so he obviously wasn't visiting the girls. The girls were ever right. visiting him. Yeah, I don't think he was involved yeah. in their lives at all. Got it. Okay. Um, 
according to Wikipedia, though, because I, I kind of did a deep dive. I had a whole bunch of questions on him just yeah. like you. So yeah. um, in March of 1951, Parnell was 20 this is when he arrested he was arrested for raping that young boy and impersonating a police officer um and then um he escaped and i don't but he was recaptured i guess Mm -hmm. so i don't know how quickly or how long he was out for but um, when he was tried for the kidnappings of steven and timmy parnell was not tried for the sexual abuse and of steven because he still had not talked about it right no he he did but um at this point i think because it wasn't until later that he talked about it that maybe they were seeing it as it wouldn't have been solid for the case. It might have seemed like he was coming up with stuff after the fact. You know can how... we all just exercise some common sense? What the hell do you think he was doing with this yeah. kid? Like, let's be real. Why do you think he has him? Yeah. Come on. And then and then needs another kid because the other one's t- too old. Yeah. That's exactly what he And it's doing. ridiculous because... I mean, thank God law has changed a lot since then, but yeah. that's my assumption is that they were like, oh, well, you brought it up later, so they're going to think it's a lie. You know, it's stupid. So do you want to take a gander at how many years, I don't know if you saw it, how many years was he convicted for? Um, how, how many times, how many years he served? Yeah. Well, how many was he convicted and how many did he serve? Okay, convicted, I'm going to say 20, served seven. Convicted seven, served five. Effing gross. This is his second offense. That doesn't even compute to what freaking Stephen had to go through. You know, he didn't even serve. Stephen was in captivity for seven no years. No shit. He didn't even serve the amount of time to the oh length of this, my. his kid you know, was This is where captive. the justice system fails. I'm sorry. Totally. Sorry. But again, only strike number two. So, you know, why keep him in there for life? Why keep him away from kids? That just makes zero sense. Here's what I think we should do for people that, because as my Christian beliefs do not allow me to, to believe in the, the death penalty. I just can't. Um, no, I'm not, trust me, there are moments where I'm like, why, Lord? But, um, I say we just dump them off on, like, an island. Like, all the pedophiles, all the, all the serial killers, like, all the people, like, we cannot rehabilitate. You just put them on a private island. Like, no food, no nothing, like, like, natural selection. You all survive, you make Mm -hmm. it work, naked and afraid style, that's cool. If not, but you will not live amongst us and do these things, you know. It's awful. Yeah. It's terrible. And and the fact that he only served five years, like that's disgusting. That's I mean, even if even if their argument is rehabilitation, do you honestly think five years? Five years is a good amount of time to rehabilitate somebody who's been doing this their whole damn life. So he was twenty at nineteen. He was in nineteen fifty two. He was twenty. You said fifty one. Yeah, fifty one. He's and twenty. So that we're at eighty right now. So we're in the eighties. So he is math with about me. thirty, thirty years old. So this is ten years after his first abduction. So he oh, had his shit. first. He still got a long time to yeah. go. Then okay. Yeah. So, um, oh no, wait. I'm sorry. He was 20. So then, another 30 years on top of that, he was 50. That makes more sense. He was 50. He still at the got time some of... life left. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's too not, much. That's unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, Parnell's accomplice for Stainer's kidnapping for Stephen was Edward Murphy, um, and he was sentenced to five years and paroled after two. So he was sentenced to five years, and Kev and Kenneth, who was the one that actually did the all the thing, was only. A, Sentenced to seven? How? 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 Is this make any sense? I don't... Who's the freaking judge in this case? Yeah. So yeah. then, um, then, um, the Parnell's partner, or not partner, but the kid that he kind of, like, coerced and helping with Timmy's kidnapping was a kid named Sean Poorman, who was actually one of Stephen's friends from school. Mm. And he was sentenced to a term in a juvenile work camp. Um, 
Now, Barbara Mathis was Parnell's girlfriend who lived with him and Stephen for some time. So she must have just thought he was Parnell's son. But she was never charged in any violation and just cooperated with authorities in Parnell's trials. So even though Stephen was um, was sexually abused and he denied it at first, but then he came forward about it and was never brought up in the trials, there were pictures of Stephen found nude eventually Ugh, in so Parnell's cabin. So, of course, the media just exploited it. Yeah. Um, and naturally, it was embarrassing for him. And I think at one yeah. point they were calling him a fag at school. <gasps> and, I mean, like, this kid was traumatized enough. Oh, my god! What is – if I found out my kid was doing this, it was my kid was doing the name Yeah, part, calling the name Oh, yeah. hell no. Yeah. Back to, uh-huh. that, back to that tough parenting. Oh, yeah. Uh, butts would I, be beat. Mm, yes. I – Raise your kids better. Yeah, Do better, that's people. just, yeah. Of course, Stephen and his family were angry and terrified that he would get out and do it yeah. again. Yeah, so, hell yeah. That would, I, absolutely, how do you sleep? Seven years. Like at night. Even even if you expected him to serve the full seven, that goes so fast. Yeah, and he's going to do it again. Yeah, 100%. He's done it twice now. But, yeah. you know, let's give him a third strike. Let's do this to another kid. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. He won't, he won't do it again. Mm-hmm. We're going to fast forward a little bit here because in 2004... Now, he was convicted in 1980, right? Yeah. Um, Parnell. Sorry. Um, he was convicted in 1980 um, for Stephen and Timmy. But in 2004, he was charged of attempting to purchase a child. Shocking. Yeah. Let's all pretend to be shocked, please. Right? I'm surprised. What I'm shocked about is it took that long. 80 that, to 2004. Girl, like, that we know of. Right. Well, I guess in that port, he... He served five years, so it was only 15 years. 15 years is still a long time that he didn't, did nothing, air quotes. Didn't, yeah. I mean, because it is, um, pedophiles, they are, they look for opportunities, They whether they do volunteer work or they look for careers, and I'm not saying everybody that works with children is a pedophile, but it is a known fact that these people, will, oh yeah, they're going to go towards, they want to work around children and they want to be in situations that are not as obvious, like, yeah. you know, if you're trash man, is hanging out with your kids, you're like, well, why? That's not what you do. Why are you all of a sudden right. constantly with my kid versus, you know, you work at this preschool or something like that. But yeah, um, yeah. So that we know of, I I sincerely doubt that that was. Oh yeah, that, that was his first offense. After yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So apparently, his sister was in some kind of like um, assisted care at that point, and it was his. It was her care nurse, her caregiver, that had a five-year-old and um a five-year-old son and so that's who he tried to purchase the child from his own mother and so the woman went and she worked with authorities on it but um he he tried to pay her five hundred dollars i was gonna say how much five hundred that's it five, mm. yeah because my kid is worth well back in 2004 that was like five thousand i'm yeah. joking <laughs> so she she tells the authorities that parnell requested um the boy to have a clean rectum she was going to sell him. I'm sorry. She was actually going to sell him. Oh, no, no, no. When he propositioned her, she went straight to the authorities and they said, work with us on a stain. So oh, oh, she oh. agreed to it. Under, okay. All right. I was like, hold sting. on. Wait, but that was what he said. I'm, I, my skin would be crawling talking to this man about, I mean, it's, it's like, I'm getting the heebie-jeebies just thinking about having that they conversation. Have no moral compass. Like people really like this, this is yeah. this, like, they don't think anything of it. Unfreaking real. So, I mean, thank God. I would thank stab God that man if he had said that. Sting or no sting, I would stab that man in the penis. Yeah. If, if he even said off. that, I'd be like, bop, right in the penis. Yeah. 
you we're gonna solve everybody. One. He should have been castrated. Honestly. I do believe in castration. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I cannot believe in the death penalty, but I do. I do think castration in this instance. Yes. I mean, yeah. we got to do something, right? I'll tell you. Uh, I think find a way though. It just gosh. Thank so, God, this lady. Okay. So when he's questioned about this, he's like seventy-one years old at this point. He's questioned and. Gosh. His reason for this is he told he told the authorities, well, I just wanted a family. Bull fucking shit. Because I oh asked for my. all my kids to have clean asses, you know? Well, okay, we believe you. <sighs> so, I'm almost done talking about this dirtbag, but he was sentenced finally to 25 years to life under California's three strikes rule. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, California. He died four years into it while he was incarcerated under natural causes. I just hope, I just hope the things that were, that he did to the children were done to him in prison. Because pedophiles don't get off easy in prison. No. I'm, su- I'm surprised the first stint he did, he didn't, well, that we know of. Right. Like, usually you can't put him in, in gen pop. Right. And maybe, and I don't know where he was, so maybe they didn't, but um, my my suspicion is maybe he, like, knew he was getting old and he just wanted better accommodations. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. After, let's talk about Steven and Timmy, though. Um, let's circle back to where they're at, but, um, and we can wrap this up. Awful story, but Stephen was bullied, like I said, um, and it was really painful and embarrassing once they found out about the the sexual abuse. Now you know why he didn't want to come forward with it. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Exactly. So he took up drinking to mass the pain. Yeah. Which was, you know, obviously not a healthy way to do that, but that's what they did back then. Um, Well, he had no other outlet. He wasn't allowed to see therapy. Mm -hmm. He wasn't allowed to see a therapist. I'm Mm -hmm. sure... I can't speak for his parents, but I don't know how. Like, I would not be equipped to uh, counsel that. Right. I'm not equipped in I'm not a therapist. But, you know, it's one yeah. thing, you know, loss of a family member. I can't even, I'm not even equipped to deal with mm-hmm. grief right now. So this, this, there's no way they proper, they would yeah. properly keep, you know, no. getting him no. what, the, the help that he needed. Today, if one of our kids went through something like this, immediately therapy for all of Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Like, oh, the whole damn family. Yeah, no question. So, eventually, Stephen goes on, and he gets married, and he meets his wife, Jody at work, and they have two kids. Okay. Um, unfortunately, Stephen and Timmy did not have a long life. Um, and Timmy? And Timmy. They both died young. Stephen um, oh, was, at the age of 24, just 10 years after he was killed in a hit-and-run on his way home from work and on his motorcycle Ugh. in 1989. So, just four months after his TV movie was released, he was killed. In this motorcycle accident. Steven actually made a cameo in the movie as one of the cops escorting Steven home. Oh, wow. Um, which was kind of cool, um, I think, for him and his family to kind of be a part of that. Um, and that movie was, again, it was a TV special called My First Name is Steven. Or I Know My First Name is Steven. When they were filming, they actually invited him and his wife out. And they had, like, director's chairs for them. And they kind of got to, like, watch the filming of it. Um, Steven was happy. Which, sorry. No, no, you're good. I don't know if I would be able to... Yeah, yeah, you're right. That would open a lot. I mean, I'm just you're, no. Me, you're right. Like, I'd be like, wait a minute. I, they're watching it. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Continue. Sorry. The, yeah. In the director's chair. And, well, and if it was broadcast on TV, I mean, back then they were very um, conservative about what they put out, so it probably was there was like an allusion to it, but maybe yeah, not necessarily but still as oof. gory as they can put out there right now. I want to relive those years. Yeah. No, you're. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about, but that would have been re-traumatizing, right? Yeah. Um. So apparently Stephen was really happy with the way that the final product came out. Um, his mom and dad weren't happy 
with how they were portrayed in the movie, though. Um, his dad, like, as, like, destitute. Like, they just were super over poor. And um, that his dad was portrayed as this unstable hothead. But some of the stuff in the movie wasn't true. Like, they even kind of um, fabricated how him and his wife met. And, mm, like, Hollywood, yeah. yeah, like, she yeah. kind of saved him in high school. That's not really how it was. So they, they did kind of change the story a little bit for romance. But, yes. Um, apparently, no, nearly 40 million people watched it. Oh, I bet. I and, bet. Um, I mean, that was back in the day before DVRs, right? Yeah, three so, channels. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, you had to be there. Your ass had to be yeah. home. Yeah. I remember those days. Yeah, me too. It was like, what was this, like, 2017? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, 89. <laughs> a little bit earlier than that. Um, so Stephen was actually given $30,000 for the movie's rights. Um, and he used a... Here's the twisted part. He used a portion of that money to buy the motorcycle he was killed on. Lord Jesus. Yeah. The movie eventually received four Emmy nominations, and Stephen died the night before the award show. They, yeah. He didn't Ooh. win it. It didn't win any awards, but it was nominated, and yeah. It's really tough. Ouch. Steven's daughter, um, his son and daughter were both um, on the documentary, and um, his son never really knew him because he was so young when he was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven's daughter was just a couple months shy of four when he died, and his son was just a few years younger than that, so he doesn't remember him at all. Um, this poor family had to lose him twice, though. I mean, yeah. 10 years after. They lost seven years, and then 10 years later. Oh, sweet Mary and Joseph. Yeah. Um, he was only 24 when he died. It's so, so tragic. And then Timmy, Timmy White... Um, there's not much to it, but at 35, he died of a pulmonary embolism. Oh! Which, if you don't know what that is, that's having a blood clot in your lungs. Oh! Yeah. But there is a statue now in Ukiah of Stephen and Timmy Aww. holding hands, walking, um, to kind of um, commemorate the two that of them. That is so sweet. Which is great. It's in a park out there, and, um, you know, I'll, I'll post pictures of that as well. So I've got some pictures of... There are pictures of Stephen. There's several pictures of Stephen, but it's always, like, weird. It's, like, just him solo. And it's, like, in front of a building. It's either, like, the house that he was in or, I mean, there's there's even a picture of him and Parnell um, that I'll post that's kind of publicized. And then I'll post the one about where he's, um, where his homecoming, the one that I thought was awkward mm. of his dad. Um, but, you know, it just, it was a really tragic ending for, yeah. for all of them. And, you know, that Parnell was just went through all that hate the fact the three strikes rule um is still something that they use but i think that they've finally kind of revised it so that it's not um it it, it limits it to certain felonies right so they kind of revised it yeah and them. it's it's different in every state yeah that's true so Working every state california. has their things but you would think for california like there are certain states you think were a little bit more progressive about it i was shocked to see california was not one of them but that is Stephen Stainer's story, and the next episode next week, we will get into Carrie Stainer um, and his uh, little murder spree that he went on. And, oh, um, for the love of all that's holy. Just to- two totally different personalities there, and you have to wonder if Stephen's abduction and Carrie feeling guilty and blaming himself for it, um, if it had anything to do with, um, with his kind of spin out. And where his life ended up. So, stay tuned for Tammy's opinions. Yeah. <laughs> well, now go ahead. You're up. Go. What do you? What no, I mean, like, we're, oh, when we get to carry. Oh yeah. When we get. Yeah, I have opinions yeah. on the whole 
nature versus nurture yeah. and how did, how does your environment I mean obviously yes I think your environment can can attribute to but you have to have something something's yeah. already working inside oh, yeah like there just has to be yeah. because look at look at what Stephen went through he didn't go I don't yeah know. that's just Tammy's just yeah just I can't wait yeah I haven't even heard the story yet and I'm already like Thinking. Yeah. Well, we know he's not a good person, and that he and this family then goes through more tragedy. And so, um, I will tell you a little bit now. But uh, Carrie goes on this murder spree after Stephen dies. So it's after not during Stephen still being there. So he spun out after it. Um, I don't know exactly how much longer after, and I know that's in my other notes. But he does he does spin out after. So they go through all of this with Stephen over the course of, what, Jeez, 17 crackers. years, right, from the tw- point where he is abducted to return to dying again and having to go through all of that. And then Carrie decides he's going to start being a serial killer. Good Lord. Are um, Stephen's parents, are the pi- parents still alive? Or they've, his they've, mom is. I don't, mom, know, I don't know how his dad died, but his dad's not still alive. Ah, okay. Excuse me. So... That yeah. is our story about brother number one, and then next week we'll get into Stephen Stainer. Cain uh, and Abel. I'm sorry, Carrie Stainer. Carrie's the brother, so Carrie's who we will get into next week, so you can learn all about him. Oh, gosh. Can't, oh, yeah. Like I said, <laughs> I'm already ready to spew my opinions. <laughs> well, in the meantime, if you're not already following us on Facebook and Instagram and now on TikTok, yes, what's up? Um, definitely check us out there um, at Moms Who Talk Crime. And um, if you have a an, uh, suggestion or feedback or anything that you want to email to us, we will take those emails at momswhotalkcrime at gmail.com. And, um, you know, if you get a chance, definitely check us out. Um, we're across all, all the podcast platforms now. Just make sure that you're leaving reviews. And, you know, if all you can do is leave five stars, that's great. But we love to hear your feedback too. So please, please go on there and leave um Leave us some feedback and reviews. I'm going to keep saying reviews, reviews. <laughs> reviews. Um, you. <laughs> please, please review us. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.